Hmm. And then I know some people that like, even just here locally where I'm like, a friend of mine is renting a house. I'm like, what are you paying for, for a house? And it's just a normal house and they're paying like $2,700. Whoa. I know. And I'm like, it's in a, it's in a good part of town at least, but I'm just like, geez, just crazy, crazy amount of things going on. So... Welcome to the iBuyer Experiment. We've got some iBuyer it's news going coming in hot and heavy. Yes. So OfferPad has done a reverse stock split. I know. I remember when you sent me that last week and I was like, well, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Well, what's a reverse stock split and why did OfferPad do it? So a reverse split is when they basically split their stock to sell more shares to, to, the, to the community so that they can really ultimately stay valued to stay on NASDAQ is ultimately what it's about. <laughs> exactly. So it's just a way for them not to be delisted. Right. Anytime your share price falls below a dollar for six months or more, you're at risk of being delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. Yep. And so OfferPad did a reverse split so that they could get above that buck mark because their valuation is struggling. It's, they are on the struggle bus right now. Well, their whole like... You, you know, in the cool thing about us in the Zudilio environment, we work with agents all over the country and we work with a ton of agents that used to work for OfferPad. Mm. And they call them, I think they're SAs or SEs or something like that, or, you know, basically like local sales experts, right, is what the SE uh, stood for. And ultimately what they were finding out is that they were going there and they started pushing the listing more than the cash offer in, you know, in that, right? So they'd be like, hey, yeah, this is a cash offer, but we want to talk to you really about selling your house. And a lot of times those SEs were getting those leads after they'd already been hit about four or five times from other places, mm. right? So I think it was honestly being, being candid, I think it was a more of a contaminated approach where it's many, many different sales steps in the, in, you know, in the ladder of trying to convert and ultimately they're operating very much so like a traditional real estate company. They sure are. And if you read over their investor relations documents, you're going to soon learn that that's how they're positioning themselves to the marketplace of investors as well, that they're a yep. full service real estate brokerage. And what we know is they use that cash offer hook to pivot to the listing and then take the listing. Yep. And they've got another, you know, all sorts of other cool things that they can do to help that homeowner in the process. Uh, but, you know, I think with our ba background, with yeah. OfferPad, uh, you know, not that we wish ill will on a company, no. but when our experience was this company did sue us for a trademark infringement when we had a, a company called OfferVana. So we know that there was probably some pretty frivolous money being wasted on yep. attorneys and legal fees and uh, maybe battles that they shouldn't have been fighting instead focusing on how can we really deliver yeah. product to the consumer that the consumer yeah. likes. How do we find true product market yep, fit. Yep. So it's uh it's bittersweet, you know, because I, we really believe in the certainty and the convenience oh. that iBuyer offers can bring to homeowners. Absolutely. And so I think for us, as we sit back and we watch, you know, offer pads stock tumble and then struggle in the marketplace. Well, you even open doors, right? Even open door. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, saw, you saw Zillow step out of the game completely. Mm -hmm. Now they're stepping back in it. With open door. With open door. It's like, can't, can't beat them, join them. Same with Redfin. You <laughs> yep. know, Redfin yep. had their cash offer and they pulled it and now they're partnered with open door. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, honestly, I think the consumer is has the mindset of the toothpaste is out of the bottle and you will never get it back in, which is why you will always, always see these. What is it? 
non-friction sales, mm-hmm. right? As I like, as I like to put it, how do we automatically deliver sold? And I still think that there's going to be a massive demand, which is why in predominant markets, they're still getting all of those leads, mm-hmm. which is why they're turning into real estate companies right. is because they're trying to monetize off of the lead. They know that the cash offer hook works. Mm-hmm. People are coming in. It's that scratch. It has to be. It's just mm-hmm. we, James, our guy brought to us. and I love using it. But now they're wanting to monetize off of these, uh, off of these leads. So, you know, the other thing I, I saw you uh, um, had brought in was like around inflation, mm-hmm. right? We, you said the Fed is meeting tomorrow, right? So yes. share that because that'll kind of lead me into what I, what I was going to share here. In just sure. One other thought, though, on the cash offer. And I think what, you know, Open Door pioneered, OfferPad soon learned, Zillow learned, and which is why they had to get back in, in with Open Door, is that the cash offer is the ultimate icebreaker. It allows uh-huh. yep. you to connect with that homeowner and you break the ice, you get to know them, you get to know what their motivations are, and then you're really able to serve them being that solutions provider, not just a listing agent, but going to them with offers and options and really helping them make the best decision to, trans- to transition their life, essentially. Uh, but yes, the Fed does meet tomorrow and all eyes are on Jerome Powell and what he is going to say. I know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation. The bulls think that, hey, uh, inflation hasn't, or actually the bulls think that inflation has cooled enough yeah. and that the Fed won't raise rates and the bears think that it, it hasn't cooled enough. The benchmark was go. two and we're at point one, I believe. And so they think that we're still going to see a raise tomorrow. What do you think? Well... I think that inventory is low enough that even if it does go up slightly, it's not going to really affect all, all that much. I mean, I do think that obviously affordability is, is at a hand in, in many markets. Yeah. Um, I do think that we need to, to, to figure out something here. I think that this has really um, gotten a little, I don't want to say gotten out of control, but almost kind of gotten out of control. There's so many people that are priced out of markets. And I think the only thing that we're seeing cause, um, you know, a lot of transaction counts still happening is a, just the pure demand of people's, you know, um, life events that, that happen, right? That's the core of, of so many other things. But then is the ab- people's ability to be remote and move to cheaper cities, right? So you have a lot of people that are, you're still seeing mass exodus out of a lot of heavy populated, um, you know, densely populated cities where you're seeing California, Washington move to Arizona or Arizona move to New Mexico or, you know, places that it's actually cheaper, right? The dollar goes a little bit farther where they can maximize those, that equity. Then the sense makes, the move makes sense because they're still either getting more house for the same money or more house for less money with that move. So your sentiment, if I were to summarize what I just heard, what you think is that inventory is still so low that even if Fed raises 25 basis points, we're not going to really see a big impact in the housing market. I don't think it'll hit it that much now. Well, you know what I think is it's already priced in. And I think that when we're looking at the rates <laughs> of today, I think that, you know, they've already taken into account another raise. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is if there is a raise, we'll like, likely see probably minimal movement. And if there's not a raise, I think that we will see downward pressure and we'll definitely see rates ease up and they'll they'll fall a little. 
Uh, so, yeah. you know, NAR's chief economist, Lawrence Yun, is still on, he's still out there. There was an article on MN today that came out, and he still believes that towards the end of the year, we're going to be back to like five and a half, et cetera, yeah. uh, on rates. So, uh, you know, affordability drives all. And sure if does. it's not affordable, then people aren't going to buy. So let's talk about, this is something that we go back and forth with a lot. And I think it's important to talk about because not a lot of people do, uh, is the institutionalization of oh, yeah. the residential real estate asset class. Mm -hmm. And how does this favor or hurt the institutional buyers? Good question. And I mean, I, I love this topic because really a lot of times when rates go up, rents usually will go up, you know, right there, right there next to it. Right. I saw something recently like where, um, you know, rents have gone up by like, I don't remember what it was, but it was basically like 10% compounding for like two or three years running. Hmm. And then I know some people that like, even just here locally where I'm like, I, a friend of mine renting a house. I'm like, what are you paying for, for a house? And it's just a normal house and they're paying like $2,700. Whoa. I know. And I'm like, it's in a, it's in a good part of town at least, but I'm just like, geez, it's just crazy, crazy amount of things going up. So what I think it's going to happen is really more of that, uh, Higher values bring a lot of times a, a higher quality tenant too, because that's that's the that's the other thing. And I think when you get into these institutions, they're looking for that core. What is the largest uh, economic asset class that's going to stay and pay? Right. That's that's one of the, the biggest things I think that a lot of them look for. And so when you look at that nucleus, whether it be the average sales price of the 350 to 450, which is why they, they play in that, that area and a lot of the major metropolitans. And then if they can really achieve that, you're getting the people that have more stable jobs. They have uh, the ability to, to, stay, to stay and pay, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that there's, there's a lot of those things and you, you're gonna really continue to see that, that, that grow, even though it's been cooled off, but that's why, again, I know you, I'm personally, and I know you are too, mm -hmm. super bullish on it's, it's absolutely coming and mm -hmm. that institutionalization is only going to continue to grow. Not to mention that they're all saying that they have literally the better part of like a trillion dollars. Yes, they are <laughs> sitting, sitting on the out. sidelines waiting to pounce. A lot of cash for sure. I think uh, I, I read something that in April we had the highest share of cash purchases like like ever. Yeah. So cash buyers are still very prevalent in the marketplace. This was a national statistic. Uh, and we know that cash buyers, a lot of them are the, the institutions yep. and the funds. I will say, though, that because what we see, you know, we get to kind of look behind the scenes because we work with a lot of the funds and we source properties and we really connect real estate agents to that mountain of capital where agents otherwise would not have access to that capital. And so we really feel like we're doing residential real estate agents a huge service by connecting them to that. But what we see is they pull back. Yes. Oh, they pulled back massive right now. Their offers, I mean, they'll buy, but they're super conservative. Mm -hmm. well, and people are still also, accepting them though. Well, we're also getting ready to hit election season too, mm -hmm. right? Here in a couple months. You're going to see all of that. And I mean, part of getting back to predictions, I think we're going to see the rates get that pressure because election season is coming. And we all know that pressure is going to, you know, the what, like one in one in three of every dollars earned and spent in the U.S. has something to do with real estate. Mm -hmm. It's one of our largest, it, it is, you know, it's one of the top three largest uh, asset classes into where that really influences and really has things to do with in America. So you want to save people uh, money 
save them money on their their house payment and of course their their food bill and electric bill your your utilities right those big the big three that govern most families and so if they can change the put downward pressure on the cost of their monthly living well usually that gives the the administration more confidence going into that election so therefore if it's if it's financially making sense they usually will keep that type of regime more in play that's at least one of the theories right so if if you believe that markets are politically manipulated thousand percent kind of sounds like maybe <laughs> you do believe that then maybe we won't see raises anymore maybe we will ah uh, it'll be interesting you know we we always sit back and and think what's going to happen here's the reality the reality is is that's all happening and we have to live with the circumstances those things create, right? Yep. And what I know, because we talk with a ton of real estate agents across the U.S., is I know that many of you are struggling right now because times are a little bit more lean. Transaction count is down. And you may have been used to those 2020, 2021, early 2022 numbers, and you're just not hitting them anymore. And so we want to leave you today with some takeaways, with some action items, how you can really ramp ramp up your business and really put yourself on a path of success, irregardless of what happens with interest rates, with, with what happens with the election cycle and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think with inflation, less transactions, right? Like even just kind of uh, putting a, an exclamation point on what Kayla had said, we had, you know, reached transaction counts of 6 million not that long ago, where now the projections for this year are going to be far below 4.5 million, right? So it's a pretty substantial hit when you, when you think about what is actually available, why you're probably getting less leads, why less leads are converting. Maybe you have high leads, but less conversion, so what I want to encourage everybody to do in, in these times of change is actually really to lean into the systems that you have, right? You got to get accountable by going through what are you using? What are you not using? And then what is truly your business partner? What it, how do you convert? How do you deliver a better service, right? And so there are absolutely things that, that you can lean into that are going to separate you from the other 15 realtors that that homeowner knows. And so I know that I constantly am talking about the icebreaker slash USP, right? You're that unique selling proposition, which is a lot of times that icebreaker. But if you are using things that actually solve problems in the marketplace, right? You're obviously, if you're watching this, you clearly do your research on, on some level, right? You're, you're trying to educate yourself in the real estate space. So just let me get to the crux of what I want to say. Having CRMs that communicate to, with your clients a value proposition at scale, Having a lead source that gives you daily leads, leads and ups and opportunities, but then ultimately having an, an additional way to communicate that, that your value really almost instantly to those leads will help you separate yourself from those other leads if you are looking to grow your business, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. You got to nurture, you got to follow up and you've Really got to put it on autopilot. I agree. That's something that we're really passionate about here at Zudilio. I think what I would share is don't overcomplicate it. Mm. I think that oftentimes we overcomplicate things. And so a question that I would ask myself is what am I overcomplicating? What am I avoiding doing by making it seem like a bigger thing than it actually is? 
And then you list that out and then that is your next action item. That is what you must do if you know that's the thing that's going to propel your business forward. So don't overcomplicate it. Just ask yourself those simple questions so you can get grounded in what's working for my business, what's not working for my business, what do I know I need to be doing in my business that I'm not doing, that I'm avoiding, and then do that. And just make a commitment to yourself. You know, we had a sales meeting yesterday. And one of the things that we talked about in the sales meeting was how we can't control the outcome. We can only control the activity. That's right. So what are the activities that you're going to commit to that you're going to do on a day in and a day out? And we know the results will come. They will. Absolutely. Surrender to doing the reps and the results will follow. Yes, they sure will. So maybe get yourself a coach an accountability buddy, something to help you stay accountable to those things. Because the reality is, is there will be a ton of agents that just can't hack it. They're unwilling or unable to do what it takes to survive through leaner times. And the beautiful part about that is for you, if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to stay committed, you can have epic results. Yep. Transactions per an agent, I think are not really going to, it's actually going to probably be pretty parallel because of the thatching, as I like to put it, of of agents that will happen. So remember that in your business and listen to what Kayla said. Don't overcomplicate it. Take action. Surrender to the reps. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's content, please remember to like, subscribe, and ring that bell so you're notified when we send out new episodes. See you on the next one.